May the peace of Jesus keep our hearts and souls to your heart dwellers. Well, the last two days have posed a very interesting test and one not easily understood or discerned. But thanks to the prayers of my dear friends, I finally have a peace, although not with the answers I was seeking. More than anything, I wanted to be right with the Lord and in His usual kindness after communion. That's the very first thing He addressed. Jesus began, You are clean before me. I answered him, I'm realizing, Lord, this is a suffering. Indeed it is, he replied, not knowing, having no way to justify yourself, feeling as though you have no foothold on truth, is a mighty suffering. I have told you before that each of you receives sufferings commensurate with your ability to hold them. I see you as a little four-year-old before the throne of my father crying out for justice and truth, and yet the satisfaction of knowing is denied you. Why am I allowing this? Indeed, because it is a suffering, and I'm longing to see that it is handled in charity and humility. This is what is called for here, my bride, charity and humility. Think nothing bad or evil about your brother. That is what the law of love commands. I would rather you be ignorant and innocent than learned and corrupt. Yours is the way of a little child, taking my hand and loving all, no matter how sinister they seem to you. These accusations come from the evil ones and are an entrapment to fall into judgment and condemnation. When you abstain from this, you do well. When you continue to bless, even though your conclusions are that evil abides there, you do very well indeed. Yet I have not called you to be learned and wise, but simple, humble, and childlike. Yes, there are times when it is good for you to understand the enemy's tactics and what part your own person is enticed into sin through the working of their wiles. It is good to understand spiritual warfare, but it is not your calling to delve into these matters. Rather, it is yours to be innocent, loving, and reveal the face of my love to the world. When the soul stays in a place of searching the deep and dirty things of the spiritual world, that soul becomes soiled and much needs to be cleansed. I have not called you into the darkness, but into the light. Stay here with me, my love. This is my calling for you. Let others follow theirs, but you follow me. I will from time to time give you insights into the workings of evil in the world and in souls, but it is only so you will be wise as a serpent in your dealings with them. I still wish for you to return to being gentle as a dove. When one is in a continual battle with darkness, that one takes on some of the traits of the enemy. This is dangerous, and it is a dangerous calling and requires much prayer and sanity, which only I can impart when you are dealing with deception. It is very taxing on the soul, 
and makes the soul very vulnerable. Some are called to this, but you are not. Incorporating those teachings on a very limited basis on our channel is sometimes necessary, lest my people fail for lack of knowledge. But just as one showers after cleaning the stalls at a stable, so must that one be purified again and again and again. I have always steered you away from becoming too involved in the darkness for that reason and because you were created for a different purpose. So do not be dismayed when you do not have all the answers. I will tell you this, though. I honor your deference to your husband. One cannot go wrong with obedience. You are no longer responsible when you obey. And if there is error, I address that directly in your covering. You, however, remain clean. And here I want to say something that I failed to mention in the last video that I did on this topic of obedience. And that is simply that a prophet is called to give a word and then stand back. And the Holy Spirit is to work in the soul that the word's being given to, especially if it's an elder or a pastor. And it's their responsibility to receive the word if it's validated by Holy Spirit. But if that pastor receives a word from someone that is from Holy Spirit and rejects it, then the fault is with the pastor. And as long as the soul who's delivering the message is not pushy or forceful, that doesn't do anything. That doesn't help discernment at all. It only makes situations tense. The whole idea is to deliver a word in peace and allow Holy Spirit to convict. That's his job. So if you're in a position where you're in a church or something like that where you can't exercise your gifts because the pastor never receives them, you're in the wrong place. You need to be somewhere where you will be received. So that's just a little thought that I wish I had tacked on to that last message. The Lord continued, So the decision you have made is pleasing to me. Can you rest in that? Tears. <laughs> oh Lord, it's so painful. Yes, it is a suffering, but after suffering comes delight. So you will not reveal the truth to me? Not as yet. I prefer that you offer this up. But this much I can tell you. I am pleased with your deference to your husband. Very pleased. It feels right, Jesus, though it brings into question some of the messages you gave concerning this. It makes me wonder if I and the discernment team made a serious error in discernment. This too is a suffering, beloved. But know that I am pleased with your decision. Is this enough for you, Claire? Can you rest in me? I'm trying. <laughs> well, truly, this is a test in humility, since you cannot prove yourself right or wrong. But there are more lessons contained in this situation than right or wrong. There is a question of character in the areas of charity, humility, and obedience. 
I am more concerned with your inner workings than your knowledge. Remember, dear one, charity edifies and knowledge puffs up. But how do I approach this subject with the heart dwellers? With great transparency and abject humility? Sheepishly, I said, okay. Well, what is this conversation about? You're probably asking yourselves. My husband recently brought up to me that he did not feel right about assigning evil to another soul. And further, that this soul was not guilty of what they were being accused of, and that is voodoo and witchcraft. And that's when I was sharing to you what had been done to us and asking you for prayer for that soul. In the monastic tradition, when a brother sins, the other brothers try to cover for him until he recovers himself, because falling into sin is most devastating and the soul can faint away through undue remorse. I guess we all know about that, the guilt that Satan never leaves us alone with. Of course, sin is wrong, but when someone falls, it's not necessarily because he wants to. More often, it's a weakness in the face of temptation. So the brothers were very solicitous to cover for one another until their strength was regained. Just like the abbot told his brothers, you are asking me to testify against and discipline this brother while my unknown sins are falling onto the ground like sand in this bag I'm carrying on my back. That brings me to the feet of the prostitute caught in adultery. Jesus told her, go and sin no more. And each of her accusers dropped their stones and walked away. So the thing I'm struggling with is having relate to you what a soul was doing against certain members of our prayer team. But since my husband, who's my covering, addressed the situation, I had to ask myself, was this true discernment among our prayer team, or did we fall into error? Or is that even relevant? And no matter if it's true, should I have even brought it up to you? Well, I certainly agree with that now, with the exception that a tremendous amount of travail and prayer went on for that soul because we feared their eternity. But I am aware of one of the techniques of the enemy, and that is to use the face and appearance of his soul as a projection screen to hide their own identity behind them. This accomplishes two things. It keeps them hidden, and it causes those who are praying and see in the Spirit to falsely accuse that projected person as the guilty party. That is an automatic home run for the devils because now that prayer warrior has fallen into judgment and false accusation. And now there's a ramp right into that prayer warrior's heart where the demons can flock in and cause havoc. Really, guys, it gives permission for sifting. I've seen that over and over again. And one of the ways the Lord really gets my attention is if He allows attacks against my eyes. Boy, that is always about judgment. Why does the Lord allow such errors in discernment, <laughs> humility, and charity? So, my dear heart dwellers, the Lord is allowing us suffering here because He is not 
as yet revealed to me if I made an error. Oh, that is so very painful. But he was pleased with my decision. So you figure. Sometimes there are spiritual laws that are more important than who is right and who is wrong. And that seems to be his point here. It is a test. And my dear ones, I have failed so many times. I don't want to fail this one too. So I'm going to keep my peace and suffer the pains of not knowing if I was right or wrong. And in no way am I justifying an error in discernment if a discernment team or a prayer team comes up with a false accusation. But to Holy Spirit's credit, the situation, once it was discerned, was handled with great charity and great prayer. In the long run, that's a blessing. But if they happen to tune into the video and they were not guilty, then that's an injury done to a soul. And that's very serious. So there you have it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I always have to remember, charity edifies and knowledge puffs up. And when I try to make myself right or defend my position, that's pride. I truly am lowering myself. That's not where the Lord wants me to go. I'm still a little child, and He is my defense.